The point of Bitcoin is to fix the money. And money is energy, and energy is life. And if I keep sucking the energy out of the economy, I'm sucking the oxygen out of your system. That's the problem. Well, that's why empires collapse. Hey, everybody. You are listening to Canary Cry Radio. Razzle Dazzle. I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 167. 167. Big day. <laughs> it's a big day, folks. Numbers matter. Yeah, today is uh, Bible and Bitcoin with Pastor Coin, Pastor Allen. Um, in our last episode, Basil had a fascinating conversation with Patrick Holland to discuss making gold and silver coinage as legal tender in the state of Missouri to reflect the U.S. Constitution. Gold has always been considered God's money, but we, at least me and Basil, I think Pastor Coin too, uh, we're millennials. Speak for yourself. <laughs> are you not a millennial, Basil? Do you not I'm identify a as a millennial? You are, okay. The last generation in human history to remember a time when the modern computer was not in every home across the world, let alone in the palm of everyone's hands. Nevertheless, our childhoods were defined by television programs, films, anime, the advent of video games, and of course, the internet. We grew up in a world being transformed by a communications technology, the internet, that would be, quote, indistinguishable from magic, as Arthur C. Clarke so eloquently put it. And while gold and silver has always been God's money, we still have not seen the complete transformation of money in the internet age. Of course, the talks about a digital money or a cashless society have been the banter of the elder class of end timers, I will say. Not in a bad way, it's always been a good conversation. And certainly we are well into the era of a particular form of digital money, CBDCs, that's the central bank digital currencies. Uh, Longtime listeners will be very familiar with that, which is terrifying. It's a terrifying authoritarian thing that magnifies, as all technology does, the inherent evil of the powerful sorcerers the merchants of the earth who uh, become wealthy from trading human souls, as it says in Revelation 18, 23. And reflecting on what the world has experienced since we entered the 2020s, it's not surprising that the conversation about the mark of the beast, the image of the beast, all the things Antichrist and the end times is at an all-time high. So is it really the end? Is there no hope for us soldiers and saints in Christ, the watchman on the wall who sees all this happening, coming towards us? Is there no hope or is there a way to push back in this fifth generation warfare? Our guest today suggests that maybe there is. He's the author of the book, The Bible and Bitcoin, a theological exploration of human time, energy and Bitcoin. Pastor Coin, we'll call you Pastor Allen. Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Not sure what I got myself into, but let's just dive into it. <laughs> Well, it's okay because, uh, you know, we might have some eschatological differences and that's totally fine. You know, one of the things that I have had a a particular personal gripe about is just the the real, I'm going to just say it, the hardheadedness of some believers, brethren out there who who hold on to certain doctrine and can't let it go. And and it becomes a, a, you know, a a way to divide. I'm not into that. I have my own opinions. Basil has his opinions. And um, we generally look at the advent of technology as both a good thing and a bad thing. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to have somebody here who may disagree with us actually on some eschatological points, but may agree with us on some of the uh, you know, the things happening in the monetary system and what we might be able to do to change that and how we might be able to reflect God's purpose and will in that. And actually, if you, uh, if you just let me, I think a, a, a way to sort of get us into the conversation is just to read, I believe this is on the back of your book, The Bible and Bitcoin. Um, and uh, it says this. Yeah, there it is. There's the book. Yeah. Um, and actually, can you read it for us? I mean, I have it here, but the author to read its own, you know, his own book <laughs> might be a cool thing. Um, I what think it summarizes it. What am I reading it. here? The, the verse or the, uh, the You can read the verse too. Yeah, you can read the verse and just right under that little description I thought was really well, well put, very succinct. Okay. So the verse is Proverbs 16, 11. 
adjust balance and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. And then the description here is, um, it says, our current monetary system is broken. Inflation is rampant. Our savings are being devalued, and it seems there's no hope for a solution. Fiat money is robbing us and our neighbors of our most valuable commodity, time. As Christians, we are called to love our neighbors. But how can we do that when the money we use is contributing to a system that is stealing from them? It may seem unconventional, but Bitcoin offers a solution to this problem. The Bible calls for a just and equal monetary system, free of fraud and deception, and Bitcoin fits the bill. Join me as I delve into the intersection of biblical and monetary history, embarking on a journey that ultimately leads to the unlikely destination of Bitcoin, the native currency of the internet. Yeah, very well put. And and the the problem I think that you know, both Basil and I, we, we saw it. I don't know. I don't know when you saw it exactly, Basil. I saw it maybe 15 years ago or something, maybe a little more when I started to dive into some of the more fringier elements of not just conspiracy, but just the, the lies that we've been told. You know, I've, I made a documentary series, um, Pastor Allen called Age of Deceit, I have three of them and uh, working on a fourth one. And it's just uncovering the fiat system was a, a big part in seeing that we went off the gold system in 19, well, 1933 was when they confiscated 1971, when they went off the gold standard. So the U S dollar just became this whispering thing that just, uh, you know, you can just print out of the blue and, and make it happen. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your faith journey and then how you got to your conclusion about Bitcoin and what got you to write the book. Uh, so I grew up in a nominal, well, less than nominal orthodox christian house um the extent of our religious devotion was basically icons in each uh room basically uh i didn't know anything about the bible my parents never taught me anything about the bible just that you know if you have a picture or an icon of mary or jesus or or the archangel on your wall then you'll be protected from evil. It was basically just superstitious, like yeah. uber superstitious. And by um, by orthodox, you mean like official, like Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it was very, very superstitious. The whole thing was superstitious. Um, we didn't really go to church. And I'm not saying that Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox folks are all superstitious, uh, but certainly my parents and my family was. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, pretty much until I was 19, 20 years old. At times I would have said I was an atheist, but I never really was. Um, there's always, I mean, nobody is, according to Romans 1. But um, Anyways, yeah, I, I flip-flopped between agnostic and professing an atheism, but I always had a something in me that disagreed with that, that knew, knew there was a God. So when I hit about 20 or so years old, I, my brother became a Christian and invited me to church, and I thought that was kind of stupid. And one day... Uh, I was in the break room at work with my supervisor who was a, or who I think, I don't know, I haven't talked to him in years, who uh, professed to be a Satanist, but like one of those official Satanists. Um, like a theistic Satanist rather no, than? No, like Anton LaVey. Okay, Satanist. so more of like the allegorical Satanists where they're like kind of yeah. atheists, but say they're Satanists for metaphorical reasons yeah he's like you know the satanic bible official anton levey type of satanist um how old school my <laughs> goodness yeah well we're going back to 2007 2006 2007 mm -hmm. sort of at the height of new atheism charles or charles uh, richard dawkins and all those guys when they were like super popular yeah the four um, horsemen. I don't know if you guys remember a guy on YouTube called Venom Fang X. 
I do remember that. I remember, remember that, that name. I do. Yeah, I remember seeing that, that guy name. was smashing atheists on a daily basis, yeah. and he got so much hate. Uh, I wonder what he's up to. Honestly, he was an instrumental in bringing me to Christ. Actually, his apologetics were amazing, but he kind of disappeared. Anyways, um, we know what that's like. By the way, <laughs> we've been disappeared yeah. off YouTube a couple times. So yeah, that's been well. He history. was getting death threats from Muslims and stuff. So I, I think yeah, they yeah. they sent a letter to his place of work saying they're going to kill him. So he kind of disappeared after that. Okay. Last, last I heard from him. Wow. But. Um, Anyways, uh, I was in the break room with my Satanist supervisor who got me the job at that grocery store, actually. Uh, and I was telling him about how stupid my brother was for becoming a Christian and reading the Bible, how dumb the Bible is and so forth. And then as I left the break room, I had this intrusive thought. <laughs> um, it, it, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and he said, uh, you're ignorant. And I was like, wow, what, <laughs> what was that all about? And, and, you know, if you've, if you've, I don't know what your experience, but, um, if you've ever heard the Holy spirit speak to you, it's different, right? 100%. It's, it's not like a thought. I know I can distinguish between my own thought and the Holy spirit. It's different. You, you just have to experience it. Um, and it was the first time this had happened in this way. And I was like, that's weird. That was not me. But yet here it is. Um, and I immediately, like, you know, when the spirit speaks to you or you get a dream from the Lord, you, you immediately know the meaning. Um, I immediately understood the meaning of that phrase from the spirit. It, it basically was like, you, you're talking all this crap about the Bible. You've never read it. Mm. You're ignorant. Yeah, which is very, uh, which is very common and often virtuous mm -hmm. in some uh, in some communities. Yeah. So I decided, okay, I'll read it. <laughs> I'll read it and prove that it's stupid because surely it is, right? I mean, mm. it, it it's got to be stupid. That's because, what you've been told. Yeah. Because that's because South Park and come on, I grew up on this stuff. It's so so be did stupid. I. So did I. I grew up on all that stuff. My my understanding of Christianity was Ned Flanders when I was growing up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's literally what the biography I think on my on the church website says of, of me uh, that I use Ned Flanders. That was my understanding. <laughs> um, so. I thought, all right, let me get a Bible. So my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, her mom was a Christian, and I knew she had a ton of Bibles and would gladly give me one. So I asked, and she gave me one. And I began reading, and that's when I stumbled upon Venom Fang X and the different uh, debates that were happening and the apologetics and stuff. And by the time I hit probably, I don't know, first or second Samuel, uh, I was convinced that Jesus Christ was Lord and that I was wrong. Wow. You didn't even have to get to the New Testament, huh? You, you just got to like first or second. Samuel. Well, I read it from front to back, but as I was reading it, I was, you know, I was dipping my toes in the New Testament a bit and I was watching videos and trying to, cause I would read it and go, okay, you know, let me look up on YouTube about this passage or that passage and, and get, you know, see what people are saying. And then, I went down the rabbit hole, and next thing I know, I was like, "Wow, okay, the Bible is is not what I thought it was. Um, it's it's a historically accurate, coherent, perfectly um, uh, what's the word uh, balanced book. There's nothing like it. The prophecies. Uh, we're talking about a book that was written over thousands of years by different people in different places at different times, and all of it is is coherent. It, it all it all works together and makes perfect sense. So um, I was I got to a point where I just thought, well, I I was ignorant as the spirit told me I was, but I'm not anymore. So I need to make a choice now. I can either pretend I don't know this stuff, but you can't. You can't not know what you know. Um, so uh, I was, the, you know, God backed me to a corner and I had to pretty much say, okay, you win, you win. I was wrong. You were right. 
Wow. Yeah, that's an amazing story. Thank you for telling us that. And I think a lot of people can share similar experiences. I know it wasn't the exact same, obviously, but very similar in researching and, and challenging certain things, but then hearing the Holy Spirit guide you through certain places and paths. And it's certainly... Yeah, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool sign of the times that we live in, because yeah. before the internet, before a lot of this stuff, you could... You couldn't just sit at home and research Christianity and communicate with others around the world and find, uh, you know, different uh, perspectives and stuff like that. You know, it used to be, I mean, even so far as like the 80s or 90s, just like you could only become a Christian if someone around you, you know, had the the wherewithal, the charm and the Holy Spirit on them enough to really walk you through it. But it's this really interesting time in technology and history that uh, somebody who feels the unction of the Holy Spirit can uh, can really find themselves uh, surrounded by a treasure trove of quality information. I mean, it's uh, as we talk about Bitcoin and technology and stuff like that, it's fun to remember that even in the the case of somebody coming to the Lord, it's happening in entirely unexpected and previously impossible ways. Yeah, th- th- there was other things too. You know, that grocery store I worked in, I kind of consider holy ground because <laughs> The God, God spoke to me a lot there, um, and I remember the exact place I was in the store at each of these. You know, there's just certain events in life that you remember so vividly, and there was another time on my journey where I was walking down the frozen aisle. There was ice cream on my right side, frozen uh, veggies on my left. And I'm just walking, and I, the same spirit, the same voice spoke to me. And it, it's, I don't know about you guys, but it seems whenever God speaks to me in this way, it's always a question. It's never like a recitation. It's never like a, a, a Islamic, like, God is speaking, recite, thus says Allah, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a question. It's always a question. And I see this in Scripture all the time. Jesus always is asking questions. And this time I was walking in the frozen aisle and got in and the spirit spoke and asked, why is it 2007? And I thought, that's an interesting question. And immediately again, I understood, well, what happened 2007 years ago? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like at that moment, I realized the centerpiece of history is the Lord Jesus Christ. Like yeah. the world restarted <laughs> when he came. Yeah. The you year know, zero. Everything, revol- everything revolves around him. And I'm like, okay, that was the moment I, I realized there's something more to Jesus. Cause before that it was sort of like, okay, I'm trying to understand. Is there a God? I think there is, I know there is, who is he? What's he like? But in that moment, the Lord really, turned my perspective to Christ and said, figure out Christ and the rest will fall into place. And that's when I realized there's something special about this Jesus of Nazareth. I have to figure it out. I have to figure out who he is. And I know when I do, the rest, the rest will make sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And you, you, if I'm, and to understand some Twitter posts that I read of yours, you are actually a pastor. You've you've taken it all the way, baby. Yeah, I started the church in 2016. Um, we're sort of in a replanting phase uh, now since COVID really threw us for a loop. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I'm still pastoring in the in the the you know trenches daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, a noble place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many things I'd be curious for you to dig into some of our content from the last 12 years or so, because we've covered uh, so many different topics that are the blew our minds when we were learning about Jesus's ministry and 
why he did certain things. And it wasn't just us discovering it. It was, you know, on the backs of scholars and researchers and people who did the real studying. And we're just, you know, reading it and having our minds blown and, and talking about it on a podcast. But um, I want to bridge this to Bitcoin. Um, and if you don't mind, I wanted to read one of your posts on X because I think it can help us uh, launch into the conversation about it specifically. Um, you said this on X. Bitcoin represents the redemption of money. Christians should understand this most, but sadly we don't. Jesus is the only savior and redeemer of man. All other religions and ideologies are cosmic poop coins. I like that. And have no utility or redemptive value. I, I like the crypto analogies and Basil would understand why I do. He is making all <laughs> things new, meaning redeeming and transforming the world into a new Eden. Amen. The problem with so many Christians is they think Jesus only redeems individuals. He is making all things new, Revelation 21.5. How can we think Jesus redeems men and women and those men and women won't therefore begin redeeming the world around them to conform to the truth? One tremendous blind spot is our lack of or blindness to the fallen institutions that gives us money. The money is broken. The system that gives us money are fraudulent and sinful. Bitcoin is an opportunity to conform this broken system of sinful money to a, the truth of God's design in bold. Very powerful line. This is a big thing, and I have put my convictions where my mouth is. I have lost a good number of church members for my stand here. Another thing we can relate to in so many different ways. The truth is more important. Bringing redemption to the area of money is too important to remain silent. Christ is king, may his will be done. If Bitcoin fails, then it fails. But I'd rather know I stood for what was good, moral, and godly than for this abomination and scam we call fiat money. Which, uh, yes, we've, <laughs> I think we've covered um, the problems with fiat money for, for many years. And uh, uh, I don't think we actually interviewed, uh, who was it? Uh, Ed, Edward G. Griffin, who wrote the Jekyll, or I'm sorry, the the monster the creature the creature from jekyll island really lays out the federal reserve 1913 how the whole system of central banking in america came to be and how that was the beginning of the end of uh gold and silver being actual money like foundational money for society um so yeah where does that bring us we you know we obviously went off the gold standard 1971 fiat the fed can print as much as they want a lot of people understand this now because everyone is feeling the inflation the last few years. Uh, we said right when they printed money in 2020, Basil and I were on air saying, this is not good. This is not good that they're printing like 40, 50% of the entire US dollar supply in like a year and a half or something. Yeah. This is going to be bad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, lo and behold, every, gas prices go up, food prices go up, everyone's feeling it. And the attention that Bitcoin has received in light of this has been very fascinating to watch, but uh, your thoughts, Pastor Allen. Well, uh, I'm in Canada. And so it's, are you, I'm assuming you guys are in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot worse here. <laughs> it is. It, than it is up or well, technically I'm not, anyways, it's worse here. <laughs> um, and so after the trucker convoy, a lot of people in Canada started to be more open to Bitcoin, even even Christians, even among Christians, because they realized, wow, the government can just literally seize our bank accounts, freeze our bank accounts uh, arbitrarily. I know a woman who donated twenty five dollars, twenty five Canadian dollars, which is like two dollars American. And <laughs> her bank account got, got frozen. For donating $25. Yeah. You yeah. can't even get an extra large pizza for $25 anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the government thought, well, this woman is too dangerous for society to have access to her bank account, which I don't know how much money there was in there, but I'm guessing there wasn't enough for her to do any real damage. Maybe buy a couple guns, but you can't because it's Canada. So what could she really do? <laughs> um, once that happened, a lot of people were, were uh, shocked. And what people don't realize is what was going on behind the scenes during that whole fiasco was a bank run on Canadian banks. And 
after because if you remember the bank freezing didn't last that long it was like a week or so and then they kind of stopped and apologized sorry guys are bad you know but the reason they stopped was because the big bank ceos were calling up the prime minister's office and saying stop they're 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 running us if you don't stop we are going to collapse if this bank run continues we're done so the the banks really pressured the government and told them enough you can't do this you're literally killing us and that's the real reason why um that kind of came to an end but that was a rabbit trail um what was the that's question right. again <laughs> oh no it's just asking about your your experience with bitcoin and in, in that you know we I, I yeah. What what fired you up? What yeah, yeah. What fired you up? And and also, I just want to yeah. I want to mention that you know we we've been talking. I've been talking about the mark of the beast for about ten years, and of course, the initial response to Bitcoin was, "Oh, this is the mark of the beast. It's digital. It's mark of the beast." But then I look into it, and it's, okay, it's not going to be the mark of the beast. In fact, I was starting to say a few years ago, "Your bank is closer to the mark of the beast. They can." Lock it down yeah. and you can't buy or sell using your bank account if you don't comply. That's much closer to the mark of the beast than Bitcoin. So, yeah. but I digress. I don't want to go too far down. Well, that road like trail. consider who the beast is. Okay. What the beast is. I, I don't know your position, but I'll give you my position. My position is that the beast is any government which is antichrist is a beast is a beast system. Um, so when I preached, Revel I just finished preaching Revelation, the whole thing, uh, last month. And when we got to Revelation 13, mm -hmm. we were meeting at the park outside. And I remember telling the people there, <clears throat> I said, look, I'm about to preach Revelation 13. We're outside. It's a public park. We've never had any issues here. However, expect something to happen okay expect the beast system to respond so the beast system functions in three um venues i don't know what word to use government economics and religion that's how the beast manifests itself through governments economics and through false religion so the next week i'm just going to turn my phone off sorry hey sorry, while you do that a, while you do that just a respectful uh, thing yeah just just know that we have a, a very appropriate jingle on our news talk show it goes like this speaking of the beast system beast, 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 beast system. continue there you go yes yeah, speaking of the beasts um Okay, economics, religion, government. That's the beast system. The next week, ten, uh, seven police officers, seven police cruisers, sorry, ten police officers rolled up to our church gathering in the park, gave me a ticket, banned me from the park for life, and kicked us out. Or the seven heads and ten horns? What's going on over there with the police? Dude, What's <laughs> honestly, I just preached this crap. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> ten cops, seven cruisers. Wow. I'm not one of these like numbers guys, but it was too it was too good. That is that good. is interesting. Yeah. I know. Hmm. And I said told the people, expect something this week. Expect some expect the beast to attack us somehow. Whether it's through the government, through economics, or through a false religion, I don't know. And it was the it was the government arm uh, of the beast that came after us, and literally um, banned me from a public park, ticketed me, and kicked us out. For what uh, purpose now? Because you're preaching or doing church or something? This is why I say it's demonic because there was no purpose. My ticket, I can show you my ticket. My offense was this engaging in prohibited activity hmm. uh -huh. that's literally what the ticket says was this attached to like uh quarantine laws or something no no it was that's a public the, speaking that's the mysterious part there are no mandates anymore uh, hmm. as far as gathering 
And so I'm like, guys, I was gathering with this church all throughout COVID and you didn't bother me. But now that there's no mandates, you want to ticket me. Very strange. Mm. But it's because I was preaching Revelation 13 um, and I knew something was going to happen. So when I pressed the officers to define prohibited activity, they would not. They would not because they could not. Um, they couldn't say having church is prohibited activity because then they're they're in a heap of trouble there. So they had to just tell me this is what they told me. They said this is prohibited activity, and they pointed at the chairs. I said what <laughs> what? They they go doing this. What is this? You've been told to leave, sir. They would they wouldn't they dare can't say it. Yeah, say mm. it. So. Um, yeah. So the beast, yeah, the beast, as far as I'm concerned, is uh, the government institutions that function um, or the, the institution of government of ungodly economic systems and false religion. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, uh, you know, the, the three spirits that look like frogs and all this kind of stuff. So, yes, the unholy trinity is very yeah. much present in the uh, in the book of Revelation there. Um, but I, I do want to talk and cover specifically with Bitcoin because we we just had Adam Curry on. I don't know if you're familiar with Adam Curry. He's the uh, host, co-host of No Agenda. He's the pod father. He's the, the guy who co-invented the RSS feed, which is how podcasts work. And um, he, uh, he was on our show. He had recently gotten baptized. And he said in our interview a couple episodes ago, in my supernatural worldview, this is him, quote, in my supernatural worldview, Bitcoin was given to us by God. And it's a very bold statement. Do you agree with that? Um, I think I think I do. <laughs> I'm just trying to think through the implications yeah. of, of the wording. Uh, I, I've said Bitcoin is a gift from God. But that does that's not really saying much because everything good is a gift from sure. God. So right. that's right. not very like a controversial statement or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but the way he said it, Bitcoin was given to us by God. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Um, well, he did because put the caveat of the supernatural thing. there before it. So yeah, it's it not that he not that God was sitting there coding it, but right. You know, in the in the sense of a supernatural uh, type of I thing. Mean, if you, you want to get really metaphysical about it like god created math and bitcoin is just math and so the way i understand bitcoin is that bitcoin piggybacks on the language of creation um so i'm kind of just going off on a limb here don't know that i necessarily have scripture to back this statement up but i believe god created the physical universe using the language of math um, just because everything can be quantified in the material world so and if you look deep enough you know it's all just it could be understood using mathematics and i'm not good at math but i just know that's the case <laughs> so what bitcoin does it just piggybacks on god's language of creation and uses that to um, give us a fair and just monetary system that's how i would understand it so for people who we do have a lot of listeners who are skeptical of Bitcoin and, you know, what, what is the practical sort of use case? What, what would using Bitcoin in a godly way look like? Well, you know, it wouldn't look too much different than using fiat in a godly way. The difference is when you get to the actual uh, policy of Bitcoin. Um, and that's why it's a more godly system. I, I don't say Bitcoin's a more godly like money. It's a more godly monetary network. Mm. You can use fiat in a godly way, right? I mean, I can give $100 to a hungry person. That's a good thing to do. It's not immoral to do that. Um, but where Bitcoin is better is in its policy. It's it's not you can't inflate it. Nobody controls its policy. It's set in code, and it's fair and it's just and it's open. Uh, anyone can use it. 
it can't be censored and so on and so forth. That's what distinguishes Bitcoin and makes it a more godly system and why Christians should uh, adopt and advocate and begin moving towards a Bitcoin standard. What would you say to, you know, one thing reading through a lot of your material is, you know, you do a great job sort of making some connections and applying biblical concepts to the idea of Bitcoin, making a lot of, uh, you know, connections with various uh, verses and and, uh, ideas and, you know, lifestyle recommendations from the Bible. Uh, but what would you say to someone who might think that, you know, hey, you know, the big Bitcoin isn't in the Bible. And if it is in the Bible, it's uh, kind of sounds like a possible, you know, mark of the beast thing. I mean, there are people out there who are pretty convinced uh, that Bitcoin sort of represents almost like a new world order type uh, global monetary system, which is at least since, you know, I've been in the church my whole life and definitely during the nineties and early two thousands, you know, global currency was the, you know, one of the, the marking factors of, uh, you know, of the beast system or, or the mark of the beast. And, you know, people are sharing their Bitcoin addresses with QR codes and people are expecting to get your QR code on your forearm or your forehead. And, uh, (laughs) you know, then it'll be a global monetary system and we'll be trapped. People need to read their Bibles. Okay. Um, gold is a global money. Okay. How do you mean? So it, it, gold is gold. It's gold here. It's gold there. It's, it's, it's not, it's gold. Gold doesn't change yeah. depending on somebody, its geographic Somebody location. could argue that, you know, because you can't take gold to a store or, and you actually use it as currency, that you know, it, it isn't quite uh, sort of a global currency, right? Um, but right. of course, but, store of I value. Mean, if it, if it was, is it like if gold became the global monetary uh, instrument? Mm-hmm. Would it be the mark of the beast just by its, you know, the fact that it's accepted everywhere? No, of course not. Um, just because something is money everywhere doesn't mean it fits the mark of the beast bill mm-hmm. uh the dollar is the global monetary money really right it's the world reserve currency <laughs> yeah well so, that's the point we've been making if anything it fits the mark of the beast uh, uh description it's actually the dollar yeah mm-hmm. um it, and the dollar is enforced by violence uh and by bullets and bloodshed and warfare and so forth uh, Bitcoin is just the software people run on their computers. That's really all it is. Uh, it's numbers uh, on, on a screen in a software on a protocol that enforces certain rules. That's 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 Bitcoin basically. Mm-hmm. You know, if you boil it down, it's the nuts and bolts. That's really what it is. Um, so <laughs> there's a in in my book there's a frequently asked questions chapter and the first one is is bitcoin the mark of the beast no matter what your interpretation of the mark of the beast is it doesn't fit any interpretation whether you believe the mark of the beast is this coming global monetary system where an antichrist figure is going to mark you physically and you can't buy or sell without this physical mark that's still not bitcoin because bitcoin is a monetary system that you opt into it's voluntary it's not mm. forced on anybody yeah good point that that it's a free market it, it arose out of a free market experiment right satoshi mm-hmm. whoever he was coded this thing and released it with no uh, idea whether it was going to do anything really Mm -hmm. uh it was released with a value of zero and naturally organically became what it is today 
uh, you have to voluntarily use it. It's not enforced by anyone. Um, can it be enforced by someone? Maybe, but uh, probably not. Uh, the dollar is enforced by law on us. You must yeah. use it's the dollar. It is legal yep. tender. That's what fiat means. It means decreed by government. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so I've always, you know, people have pushed back on the, the idea of Bitcoin and said, hey, you know, it's a cashless society. Here it is. But then I, I, you know, I used to think the same. Then I thought, wait a minute, who is, uh, who is telling us that this piece of paper with the one is worth one, but this other right. same piece of paper that says a hundred is a hundred, the government, it, and we are all agreeing to it. It's almost yeah. like a magic trick. It is literally sorcery. We are playing this big yeah. game mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah, yeah we're going to participate. Yeah. Yeah. This is money. Yeah, th this is a hundred. Cause it, look, it says a hundred right here. And so, um, the, the idea of Bitcoin, this immutable ledger that everybody can participate and uh, audit as a public yeah. is a very powerful instrument because you can't do that anymore. You can't say, well, yeah, I put, a, you know, it says 100, government says 100. Well, no, let's look at the math behind it. And so, yeah, this, it's, a, it's a powerful instrument in that way. Um, so I, I think you're on to something. And I think with Revelation 13, especially the Mark of the Beast, my big point has always been... The mark of the beast, we can argue about the systems and the actual, you know, the fulfillment of it. Ultimately, if you read Revelation 13, it's about worshiping the beast. It's not necessarily right, exactly. about the money or in the image part is very fascinating yeah. to me with the AI and all that stuff, because, you know, I've ranted about that plenty of times on the podcast and I won't, <laughs> I won't do that here. Um, but it, it truly is about the worship. Who do you worship? And or what do you worship? And well, uh, that's that, what it comes that, down to. That term image, right? It's used in the in the Bible. Like, to, like if you follow the thread of the, 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 um, oh, like the narrative Sorry, guys, of the I, Old I didn't Testament. sleep very well last night. That's so all I'm, good. I'm, I'm jumbling my words. Uh, if you follow the thread of the theme, okay, mm -hmm. of image through the Bible, you see uh, 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 this idea pop out. Okay, so God makes man in His image. Mm -hmm. God tells uh, God tells Moses on the mountain, "You shall not make any barren images, images. Yep. To, to worship." Why? Because God has made His image. Okay, you don't need to worship the image; you worship the God that made the humans in His image. Okay, so that's the whole idea. Why are you making images to worship? Doesn't make sense. I made you in my image to worship me, not so that you can make images to worship, right? That, that's that's so. Then you get to Revelation and it talks about um, the mark of the beast, the number of his name, the image of the beast, and so forth. The way I understand, I'll give you a quick understanding of how I understand the mark of the beast and that whole thing. This is the way I see it. The mark of the beast is the satanic counterfeit of the seal of God. So in Revelation, it talks about God seals his people on their forehead, mm -hmm. right? And uh, just to, 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 to help in my own mind, I, I just call it the mark of the lamb. Mm. So God seals his people. He marks them. He puts his name on them, on their foreheads. Then in Revelation 13, we see the beast, the dragon, conjures up this beast thing and um, works through the beast. Right. Because the dragon is, you know, he's injured from, from the Lord Jesus. So now he has to work through this beast. And the beast just counterfeits what God does. So what does God do? Well, he marks his people on their forehead with his name. So what does the beast do? He marks his people on their forehead with his Name, name. which is the number, right? Which right. is his name. Okay, yeah. so that's how I understand it. And the mark of the beast is—I don't think the mark of the beast is this thing that's coming that hasn't already manifested in some way. Let me just explain. The mark of the beast is a cyclical thing. For example. Do I believe there's a mark of the beast coming? Yes. Do I believe there's a mark of the beast that has already come? Yes. Archetypes. For example, mm -hmm. 
Right. The vaccine, the COVID vaccine, was a mark of the beast. Only on those who took it in order to achieve financial gain. So if you took the COVID vax because you really thought it was the good thing to protect your health, whatever. Stupid thing to do, my opinion, but I don't think it was necessarily a sin. If you took the if you took the COVID vax because your employer said if you don't you're fired. Now what you're doing is you're taking um, this injection for financial gain. You're bowing your knee to the beast system, which is telling you to take it, and you are giving your allegiance to the beast rather than to Christ for financial gain. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like the, I love the nuance because we've talked about this nuance all the time. And so, yeah, we're, we're right on point there. And I think what we were, you started the, the, your little rant here with the image. Um, it's, uh, it's actually Isaiah 44, nine, where it says that, uh, all fashion idols are nothing and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. So they don't speak, right. you know, the new King uh, or King James says they don't see, they don't speak, they don't do anything. And so that's, that's why in revelation 13, when it says the image is allowed to get breath and mm. speak, it's like, uh, sounds like a robot AI, <laughs> like everything we we're seeing unfold today. So again, not saying that AI is it, but certainly like you said, it seems to be a very powerful iteration of the archetype of yeah, this kind and of thing. It's there's other, it's going to happen. There's others going to be other beastly right. manifestations. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Christians in the first century, the, you know, the first recipients of revelation who, who got the, the, the manuscript, uh, I forget what city it was. There's one of the cities there, one of the seven churches where Jesus says that they were uh, poor, but yet they're rich. Um, and what was happening there was a lot of the Christians were unemployed because they wouldn't uh, participate in the imperial worship, right? So they had the trade guilds, mm -hmm. and they and, and in order to be part of these trade guilds, you had to uh, participate in the imperial worship. Well, once you get saved, you can't do that anymore. Um, and so the Christians in the, of the first century, and I forget the city, but in this particular I think city, it's Church of Smyrna is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So they would have been well acquainted with this idea of the beast, the government, telling them to give allegiance to them, or else you can't buy or sell. Right? They already they're they're living this. This is what they're living currently. They will not give allegiance to the beast, the Antichrist government, they will not give allegiance to the beast, therefore they suffer financial loss. That's the whole idea of the mark of the beast. Will you give allegiance to Christ or will you even lose financial prosperity in order to not give allegiance to the beast? And we saw that in COVID clear as day. How many people had the choice? Allegiance to Christ, allegiance to the beast. If you don't give allegiance to the beast, no money for you. How many people gave allegiance to the beast without even knowing that's what they were doing? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's crazy to think that we lived through that period in history. And as those who are paying attention right now, I mean, it has not stopped. You know, the the pressure has uh, been let off for about a year now, and <laughs> now we see, you know, some new thing bubbling up in China that I just saw today. <laughs> the new the white pneumonia, white lung. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's an election year next year. Exactly. Wasn't twenty twenty an election year too? Yep. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It and depends on what they it's have made it to uh, Ohio now. So Ohio oh, is out there. Pay attention. This is going to start coming. Um, but in your book, you you spent a lot of time and energy sort of addressing a lot of these questions that Christians 
I think, you know, I think it's virtuous that Christians are asking a lot of questions about Bitcoin. It's unfortunate that, you know, not all Christians are asking such questions about everything going on in the world, mm -hmm. uh, but especially about Bitcoin, something that has proven itself to be a disrupting factor uh, in the, you know, what one could identify as the beast system now. Uh, of course, you have Bitcoin coming out 2008, growing steadily into where we are now. And then you have, uh, you know, the, the, the kingdoms of the world BlackRock. just now getting ready to duplicate the idea, getting ready to, uh, uh, um, <laughs> what's the, CBDCs, what's the word? ETFs, what are you talking about? Well, CBDCs, of course. Okay, CBDCs. CBDCs. Can, can I say something about CBDCs? Yes. Of course. As a Canadian, I have zero fear of CBDCs. You know why? Why? Because you're Looney Tunes, apparently. <laughs> because I've seen the government try to do something with technology. Oh. They're too stupid. Uh, Trudeau's not smart enough to They're run the machines. They're too stupid. <laughs> we had a thing in Canada called the Arrive Can app. Have you heard of this? No, I, have, I no. missed the Arrive Can. Okay, so during the pandemic, the government dumped, I forget how many millions of dollars. They paid like three guys in someone's basement to create yeah. this app. Okay, it was a disaster. It just came out recently. Total incompetence. So they created, they, 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 gave all this money to these guys to make this app. And what the app was supposed to do was it was a QR. It, it's the mark of the beast, man. Like if, if <laughs> listen, you could not enter the country unless you showed your QR code in the government app. Okay. Right. And verify that you were vaccinated and all these other criteria. All right. Mm -hmm. This app was such a technical disaster that they had to pull it from the market. It got hacked. It didn't work half the time. People would scan in and then they'd get phone calls from the from the police, uh, like the federal police saying, right. hey, you snuck into the country and this and that's like, no, I scanned the thing, guy. What are you talking about? It was such an epic disaster. So when people say, oh, the government's going to come out with the CBDC, I laugh. Well, maybe other governments can successfully do it. But as yeah, far as Canada's concerned, as far as Canada's concerned, they couldn't even make a simple check-in app. Right. And, and yeah. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to believe these people are competent enough to create a digital blockchain style. Come on. It's, yeah. Well, too, that is. You know, the uh, there's lots to converse about about the competence, whether real or projected, of the government. Um, I mean, we've had our own examples here. Obama's uh, health insurance oh, the health, website yeah, that was a notoriously yeah. being a disaster. Uh, I think there's, you know, other considerations with this, meaning that it's not just individual government administrations, but you're talking about a network of yeah. global world banks working together to, yeah. to transfer the system, base it all on carbon tax, this kind of stuff. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's a conversation that's uh, been ongoing and will continue to be ongoing. But uh, the, you know, the, the big, the, the exciting part about speaking with you is there are Christians asking these questions? There are Christians finally looking forward to the future. There are Christians who are taking the technocracy seriously. And, you know, we feel blessed to have played whatever part we've played in that. And, uh, you know, just in time, just in time, people are finally yeah. paying attention to sort of the technocratic utopia uh, that is being attempted to be created right now. And that's why I appreciate the book that you put together. I mean, you address a lot of these things in a biblical way and uh, just full transparency. I have not read the entire book, but uh, the fact that you put the energy into it and that the Lord uh, led you to do that and Lord knows giving you the the strength to actually follow through with something like that is pretty impressive. Uh, and so I think if people are interested in checking out the book uh, or maybe more of your work, you know, what's your socials? Where can people get involved with the book? What's the deal, man? So you can get it on Amazon. Um 
you know, just look it up in your marketplace. It's not available in Australia, unfortunately. If you are in Australia, just DM me. I could get you a copy. I have my ways. Um, yeah. Why, why you, do you think it's not available in Australia? It's pretty simple. They don't print color books there. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> so my book's in color. I got mm-hmm. pictures in color in Australia. Australia's Amazon printing distribute. Color. They don't do They the haven't color. caught yeah. up to the color. Well, God world, bless yeah. you for putting uh, pictures in the book. That'll make it easier <laughs> for me to make it through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought, listen, look, Amazon does it all for me. They print it. They distribute it. So, like, if I can have color, let's do color. Why not? Yeah, um, sure. Love it. So, yeah, so you can go to Amazon. Or uh, if you want to buy directly from me, I only – well, not only, but I prefer Bitcoin payments for when you buy directly from me. Of course, I'll give you a discount, a big discount, depending how many you buy. Uh, but if you pay me directly in Bitcoin, I can ship it to you. Uh, and you'll you'll save some money that way too. Okay. So my socials somebody... are uh, on Twitter. I'm at Pastor Coin, and that's pretty much. Uh, I'm on Noster too. Same thing at Pastor Coin, um, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, relieved. I was relieved to find out that your uh, X handle Pastor Coin wasn't referring to some sort of. Uh, token project that you yeah he thought Basil thought I was bringing you on to shill some new Christian coin like some new altcoin you know I never thought of it from that but I bet you more more people than you probably think that that's a thing I think so too but I'm relieved to learn that that's not what's going on do you know what the pastor coin is it's a it's kind of you ever heard of that guy Creflo Dollar yes oh yeah so it's kind of a, a a a joke. Oh, I like see Pastor it. coin, ah. Pastor Dollar. Ah. <laughs> well done. It. Well done. All right. Well, there you go, folks. You can check it out on Amazon. You can get in contact with at Pastor Coin on X. Uh, if you want to set up some good old peer-to-peer transfers there. Uh, and check out what he's got going on. I mean, a, a very thoughtful guy. His uh X uh, uh, thread or or what waterfall of content is uh (laughs) is engaging and if nothing else if it doesn't answer questions for you it definitely asks questions that maybe you haven't thought about and that's what we're here to do we're here to think we're here to engage spiritually and intellectually with the future that is being forced upon us and for that we really appreciate you there pastor allen pastor coin hallelujah yeah and i i think Soon and very soon, Lord willing, by the grace of God, I want to do a Bible study, a live Bible study weekly going through Revelation. So look out for that. I don't know if it's going to be live streamed video or if it'll be Twitter spaces, but I want to do that. So look out for that. If you want to join me for that, that'd be great. All perspectives are welcome. Mine is correct. As long as you understand that, (laughs) it'll be fine. (laughs) But you're, you're all welcome. Sounds good. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. And yeah, go check out the book, everybody. It might be a good stocking stuffer this time of year for those of you who are yeah. participating Get in the pagan. For $100 if you pay in Bitcoin. That's only Ooh. 10 bucks a book. Wow. What a deal. What good a stuff. deal. All right. All right. At Pastor Coin, thank you so much for coming on Canary Cry Radio. And everybody out there, thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage.